welcome to the first ACS Nano podcast for 2009. I'm Penelope Lewis, Managing Editor at ACS Nano, and I'm joined by my colleague Sarah Tagan. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Penelope, and hello, everyone. On today's show, we'll learn about using vault particles as delivery vehicles for therapeutic agents. We'll be joined later by authors Lenny Rome and Valerie Kickofer to discuss this paper featured in the January issue of ACS Nano. But first, we'd like to update you on the What is Nano video contest from ACS Nanotation, the community website for nanoscience and nanotechnology. The contest is now live and open for submissions, so get your video cameras out and start filming. Describe the concept of nano in three minutes or less. What does nano mean to you? How do you describe it to your friends, your coworkers, your advisor, your funding agency? Two cash prizes of $500 each will be awarded, the People's Choice Award, judged online by the community, and the Critics' Choice Award, picked by a panel of expert judges and ACS Nanotation staff. Be creative. The best videos will be the ones that get your scientific ideas across, but are still entertaining to watch. We will be accepting video submissions until March 15th. You can enter as many times as you'd like, but remember, the earlier you submit your video, the better chance you have to build up more online votes. So make sure to submit your video soon. For more details on the contest, or to submit your entries and vote on others, visit the What is Nano contest page on ACS Nanotation at www.acsnanotation.org slash whatisnano. There has been a great deal of interest in using nanometer-sized capsules to deliver therapeutic agents to cells, including drugs, nucleic acids, or proteins. A significant challenge in this research is the biocompatibility of the delivery vehicle. Toward this end, Lenny Rome and Valerie Kickhofer have investigated vault particles as potential delivery vehicles. These are naturally occurring hollow protein assemblies found in eukaryotic cells. Lenny and Valerie join us today from UCLA to describe the results of their latest research into a method for targeting these vault particles into specific cells. Hi, Lenny and Valerie. Thanks for joining us. Hi. So, Lenny, what are vault particles, and what properties do they have that make them good delivery vehicles? Well, vault particles are naturally occurring structures found in almost all higher eukaryotic cells. This is a particle that was first described back in the early 1980s by a colleague of mine, Nancy Gadersha, and I. And it turns out that this particle is almost completely made up of protein. It has a small RNA associated with it when it's in the cell naturally. But because of its structure, it turns out to be an excellent particle for engineering as a nanoparticle delivery system. The particle is entirely composed of protein, and it's quite stable. Other uh, interesting aspects of the particle that make it good as a nanoparticle, besides its stability, are its flexibility and its our ability to package things into the particle. So, Valerie, um, I know one of the main parts of your paper is that you talked about how you could functionalize these vault particles. What was your strategy for doing this, and how did that work to target the vault particles to particular cell types? As Lenny just mentioned, we've done a lot of structural characterization of the particle using cryo-electron microscopy and cryo-reconstruction. And what we realized that all of the amine termini are located at the waist of the particle, and we proposed then that the C-terminus would be located externally and at the top on each end of the particles. 
so what we did is we added various peptides and we carried out some cryo-reconstructions and determined that the C-terminus did appear to be exposed, not only by the reconstruction, but by using antibodies that we could specifically precipitate the protein out of solution, and that would allow us to pull the particle down. And that suggested, again, that the particle C-terminus was outside. And once we realized that, we decided to add an additional peptide onto the C-terminus that would allow us to bind antibodies. We reasoned that if we bound antibodies to the outside of the particle that were specific for, say, uh, the EGFR receptor, that then we could specifically bind the vault particles to the EGFR receptor in specific cell types. And so that's the first approach that we used, a 33-amino acid peptide that was derived from protein A, which is known to bind to the FC portion of antibodies. So we were able to show that when we put this 33-amino acid peptide called the Z-domain onto the C-terminus, that indeed we could bind antibody to the vaults and it bound with the same affinity that antibodies would bind to protein A itself. And the second strategy that we used for targeting was that we put the actual ligand for the EGFR receptor, EGF, onto the C-terminus of the particle, and that's a 55 amino acids, and we can show that the vaults now are functionally active and that they stimulate the cells in the same way that EGF peptide alone will. So that's pretty tremendous that you can modify the protein as such. I mean, it's an enormous protein, megadaltons in size and, and any number of monomers. Were you surprised that it was functional when you modified it? We were hoping it would be, <laughs> so we were pleased that it was still functional. And I didn't say, but we actually had to use a little trick to make the vault that had the EGF on them and that we made them as composite because the vault particle has 96 copies of the major vault protein that make up the vault particle with 48 in each half. So that means the 48 C termini all come together in a very constricted space. So the first time we added EGF actually onto the major vault protein, the vaults were insoluble. So we used a molecular trick to make two MVPs at the same time in our insect expression system so that we would have fewer copies of EGF on the C-terminus. So then those vaults were soluble and they were functional. So once the vault particles are bound to the cells either through EGF or through antibody targeting, how is the therapeutic material delivered to its target? That's an excellent question, and in this paper, what we did was we just showed binding to the cell surface to the EGFR receptor, and since then, we have gone on. We expected it to be internalized by receptor-mediated endocytosis because we are targeting the EGFR receptor, and preliminary data suggests that vaults are being taken in through receptor endocytosis, and we're still trying to see about delivery. We're still working on it. So, Lenny, I'll address my next question to you. Do you think it's possible to incorporate maybe an imaging agent into the vault particles, maybe something like GFP, so that you can monitor in real time the drug or gene delivery? Yes, we have put GFP into the particle, and we can use that to track the particle internalization in cultured cells. What's more interesting to us, though, would be to try to track vault 
uh, distribution in animal models so that we can really get down to the actual experiments that are going to be necessary to deliver drugs and therapeutics using the vaults. And for that, we'd like to uh, incorporate either MRI contrasting agents or PET probes so that we could follow vaults in real time in animals with the ability then to track where they're going in the bloodstream and in organs of animals. This will be a necessary component to designing the particles as therapeutic delivery agents. So our data now with GFP uh, suggesting that that's a, a way to image vaults in culture suggests that this will be feasible as well. Well, I think this is a really great proof of concept kind of paper, and we're looking forward to seeing more research out of your group. And thanks for coming on the show today. Oh, we're, you're very welcome. Yes, thanks for having us. That's it for today's show. Thanks to Lenny Rome and Valerie Kickhofer for joining us on the podcast. And thanks to all of you for listening. We'd like to hear from you. Send us your feedback on the podcast or on the journal itself to acsnano at acs.org. Join us again next month for more highlights from ACS Nano and ACS Nanotation. And be sure to visit us online at www.acsnano.org.